How are y'all? Well, thanks, Marty. I want to read from God's Word as we kick off this morning. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy, with peace, because you trust in Him. Then you, believer, will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Hope was last week's Advent theme. It was also the theme last weekend for uh, our youth ministry team who was away up at uh, Tadmore for our winter camp. We uh, went alongside some amazing youth ministries here in town from Dallas Church, Dallas Alliance, EBC, Grace Church, Salt Creek, and Young Life. And we had some fun. It's pretty epic, right? It was a truly God-honoring time. Yes, there was bacon thrown, but it was a God-honoring time <laughs> where we were able to gather together, united under one thing, one cause, and His name is Jesus. We had one young lady give her life to Christ this weekend. Yeah, it's awesome. Woo! Yeah. And many more respond to that missional call that God calls us, each and every one of us, to Declaring the gospel good news of who He is to all people. Sharing His love with all people. So it was an awesome time up there. We, we had a ton of fun. Um, but I would ask, church family, that you would join with me in praying for a continued zeal in the hearts and the minds of these young people, these faces you see up here. That they would be spreaders of the gospel good news that this town, Dallas, might be affected for His glory and His kingdom might be furthered through those faces. In fact, would you just pray with me now? You guys got down with that? <laughs> Heavenly Father, how we pray this prayer that our hope that, that our hope that is from Your Son would just be found in You alone. That it might inspire and drive the young men and young women, God, in Dallas to be ready to share the hope that is found within them. Come alongside them, Holy Spirit, as they face the many challenges ahead of them, the false hopes, the false pieces that are offered them by this world, God. May they rest in Your hope alone. May their example be honoring to You, Lord. And ultimately, Jesus, may their example express hope to those observing around them. And in the same way, God, be it for us. May we continue to live missionally for Your glory here at Faith Church. For Your kingdom purposes. May Your hope be ever on the forefront of our hearts and on our minds. Thank You. So much, Jesus, for loving us. In your name, amen.
Church family, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. We pick up uh, back in our series this morning in the book of Luke. So if you turn there in your Bibles, uh, back in the uh, Gospel according to Luke, the Son of the Most High, which is Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. Awesome. Who he has written about earlier uh, in Romans. Uh, the verse I just read earlier was Romans 15, 13. Earlier in Romans, he's referred to as the one who came at just the right time. Jesus came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Jesus came at just the right time and lived a perfect sinless life. Jesus came at just the right time, born of a virgin in a nowhere town, fulfilling Old Testament prophecy, left and right, at just the right time. Jesus gave us hope. And from that, all joy and all peace. Thank you, Grant and Judy, for that reminder of the vertical peace that is offered us by the saving work of Jesus who has love in his eyes. So I hope you've turned with me now to chapter 1 of Luke, verse 39. That's the start of our section here. Um, if not, open up your Bible app, turn to Luke. It's the third book of the New Testament. Uh, we're going to be continuing on in uh, the story as it is told. Last time we talked about how Mary just got visited by an angel named... Okay, he's this incredible angel dude, right? And, and he gives her this amazing news about being the mother of God's son, and she's to call him... You guys are smart, well done. He is the Messiah, the long-awaited one. He's the son of the Most High. Oh, and if that wasn't news enough for Mary in that moment, she also has a relative not too far away named Elizabeth who was, as our faith church family, I, I listened to the sermon last time, and I, I believe you called her old. Okay, so that's on you all. Okay, so <clears throat> Elizabeth who was old, oh, but she was also pregnant too, right? And so Mary receives this awesome news, and Gabriel says, ain't nothing impossible with God. Now, he didn't say it like that, but, you know, paraphrasing, okay? Basically. Okay, so now we pick up in verse 39. In those days, Mary arose, and she went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Okay, so check it out. Mary just found out she's pregnant, right? She's not fully understanding everything about that but she is 100% on board and believing that God does what he says he does. Amen? And so a couple days after taking in all this new information, this life-changing, crazy information, right, this 12-year-old Mary packs a few things in her suitcase to go visit her relatives that she most likely hasn't seen since the last family reunion. And she does it with haste. She says bye to mom and dad and leaves eagerly and quickly. Christmas time at the, uh, at the Fields house is a, a crazy, uh, joyous time. 
We have our three kids, Toby, Eli, and Rosie. And maybe some of you can relate to this. Maybe, maybe others of you are uh, past that but can recall back to it. But the toddler Christmas experience. Yeah, that's the noise. <laughs> oh, right? <laughs> the toddler Christmas experience. The tree goes up. And so does their excitement and their expectations and their energy is at like a peak. And they're racing around, they're running around in the living room in circles. Eventually they hit each other and they fall on the floor and get up laughing and they do it again. And they hit walls and they run into each other. And then you know it's especially, especially awesome when your four-year-old gets down in the squatting position. Arms forward, eyes straight ahead, looking like seven miles through you. And he's got his frilly hair just like buzzing with energy. And he does the whole leg switch. And then he's boom, off and running. <laughs> Fields, family Christmas, right? <laughs> There's an eagerness in their little hearts that causes them to live every waking moment with great haste. Is Christmas here yet, Dad? Mary arose. No, she wasn't a toddler. She was a teenager. She arose and left her family's home with great eagerness and great haste. Understand, Mary is stoked right now. Mary is stoked. She's going to be a mom. Not just a mom. She's going to be the mom. The mom to the Son of God. The Messiah who we've been waiting for forever and she has someone in the family who is also experiencing a miraculous pregnancy of course she's stoked she's on her way to elizabeth's house we see mary's obedience in this pursuit to meet with her pregnant cousin obedience to whatever whenever and wherever god is taking her and this is no small journey, okay? From Nazareth, where Mary starts out, to Elizabeth's house in the hill country of Judea is an 80 to 100 mile journey. Chump change, right? No big deal. No, no, no. This is like a three to four day journey that Mary's embarking on as a 12 year old. Got that? Okay, maybe you're not understanding. A 12 year old just traveling solo to go see her relatives. A hundred miles away. Okay, so if we started walking from here all the way down to the beautiful hill country of Cottage Grove, that is where we would arrive. Okay, it's a long way. Maybe it's on a donkey cart. Maybe she's not fully walking. Maybe she hitched a ride. We don't know. Okay, but did her parents arrange all this? Did they? Were they a part of the details? What was her overnight plan? Like, was there motels along the way she was going to stay at? We don't know, right? All we do know is that she traveled for three to four days eagerly. That eagerness did not drop off. It maintained or even increased. And so she arrived in Judea with the same eagerness, unannounced most likely because teenagers usually arrive unannounced. Hey, I'm here. Okay, I didn't know that. You were coming. So... Mary arrives, most likely unannounced, 
And no doubt in her travels, she was creating these lists of questions for Elizabeth about the pregnancy and the deep thoughts about how the babies are going to be so similar in age and, and all the things. Then we continue in verse 40. And so he entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And so their first greeting, while both pregnant, Elizabeth six months along, and Mary a mere like three to four days, it was an eventful one. It said in verse 41 that John leaped in Elizabeth's womb. It's not like a little kick. It's not a like, I'm uncomfortable on this side, I'm going to change. No, 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 no. It's a leap. Understanding the word here in the original language, it's like that of a sheep vaulting upwards. <laughs> skipping through a field. <laughs> Ouch, right? <laughs> Thank you, Sue. <laughs> we might get this sweet picture of a sheep like prancing and all this stuff. No, this is happening in a mom's belly, okay? I can't imagine the shock and the discomfort that Elizabeth is feeling in that moment. Something that maybe only you amazing women can kind of relate to. I remember when Riley was pregnant with Rosemary, our youngest. I recall pretty clearly observing uh, the, the kicks and the intense acrobatics that she was performing in there. But a leap... But this is the baby John, the baptizer, a prophet of God. And this is him making his first prophecy. John was filled with the Holy Spirit, as it says back in verse 15 of chapter 1, for he, John, will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. I want to take a quick aside real quick. These events that took place 2,000 years ago stand as truth for us today, challenging our cultural narrative. The sanctity of life is important and worth protecting. For even within the womb of his mother Elizabeth, John experienced emotion. Six months old, this fetus recognizes not Mary entering the room, but Jesus within her. This small zygote that's within Mary. And it causes him to be overcome with joy. John was filled with the Holy Spirit, capable of being filled by the Holy Spirit, even within the womb of his mother. Life is beautiful. Life is a gift. 
Life is worth protecting, for it is sacred. Our Western culture today places values not on life, but on choice. But God always places value on life. For Elizabeth, it was life that just so happened to have leaped within her at the presence of Jesus. So it's no wonder that Elizabeth is described as exclaiming her words with a loud cry. Blessed are you among women, Mary. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. She says, Mary, you have a gift. You have the greatest gift. The Messiah living and growing within your womb. Elizabeth continues realizing the present situation, situation, saying, well, now, who am I? Who am I that the Messiah, my Lord, should then be here, should be entering here in my home, near me? See, Elizabeth understands her role in God's narrative. His narrative for salvation for all people. Her approach is humility. Not, well, I know I was special, God's mother, uh, God's son's mother is here in my home uh, to visit me. I'm kind of a big deal, right? No. Elizabeth humbly expresses that she feels great honor in the presence of God's son, no matter how small he is at that moment. Peace reigns among those who serve God as each understands his or her place in God's plan. Elizabeth's role was to nurture John, the prophet, the preparer of the way, the opening act to the main event, which was, yeah, but like with excitement. Nice. The main event, Jesus, right? She was to raise this spirit-filled toddler, teaching him and expressing to her child the Scriptures, All done, as we see, with great humility. Elizabeth ends her shout of praise with a beatitude towards Mary, a statement of great joy to Mary. Verse 45, And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And blessed is she who believed. Take a pause. Where's Zechariah at this moment? You know, like the dude of the house. Oh, that's right, he's, he's deaf and mute. Because why? He didn't believe. He had a moment of disbelief when Gabriel came and said, hey, you're going to have a son. Yeah, but... Oh. Elizabeth explain, exclaims a blessing on Mary who far younger and far less experienced in the faith than her older relative, Zechariah. Mary doesn't doubt. She simply believes. Which then kicks off Mary's response to such things, a song of praise called the Magnificat. From the Latin it means, my soul magnifies the Lord. 
which is just the first line of her song, right? My soul magnifies the Lord. So let's, let's read this. Let's look along. Mary sang, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For He has looked on the humble estate of His servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For He who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is His name. And His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. He's shown strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich He has sent away empty. He has helped His servant Israel in remembrance of His mercy as He spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, to His offspring forever. This is a song composed and sung by a 12-year-old. These are some theological truths that are pretty deep. Commentator Kent Hughes, he says it this way about Mary, this 12- to 14-year-old girl was not only chosen to be the virgin mother of our Lord, but she was chosen to model a godly heart and verbalize sublime spiritual realities that have challenged the greatest of saints. Mary would have been uneducated like many in those days. However, her understanding of the deep things of God is very apparent here. We can see evidence of that reflected in her song. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For He's looked on the humble estate of His servant. No matter her status or her age, no matter her education, God chose Mary. God chose Mary. And today, church family, God has also chosen you. For the now. He doesn't look to your achievements or your status. He doesn't call the equipped to great things. He equips the called. Over and over throughout biblical history, we find God calling people to do things that are way out of their league. God called a 12-year-old girl of humble socioeconomic status from a nowhere town to love and to nurture the Son of God. To get impatient with the constant crying. To forget Him at the temple. To worry and worry and worry about Him as He travels around Israel. To weep over her Son from infant to His torture and His death. No human is equipped for such things. Especially a young girl like Mary. That's not what God thinks. That's not what and who God sees. God sees the humble, the willing, and the obedient. God equips the willing. So, are you willing? Are you ready to be used by God for His glory? Where are you already being used? For His glory. Maybe like Zechariah, 
there's a doubt that stands in the way of total surrender. What is it? Why the hesitation? Are you willing to be used by and serve God for His glory? We as humans, we're naturally glory seekers. We're always looking for something to make us stand out. To get the upper hand, the promotion, whatever it is, we're glory seekers. Well, Mary, the mother of Jesus, is modeling here for us in this text, and we'll see throughout Luke, is that humility should be sought first and most importantly. Leave self-gain and self-glory in the dust. Be humble. James, her second-born, wrote in his letter, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will exalt you. You can almost kind of hear Mary's voice in there, influencing her son James. Humility first, James. Be humble. God will lift you up. Don't lift yourself up. Mary sang humbly about how God is mighty and He has exalted her. Holy is His name. No, 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 please, no glory to me for for it is the work of God that causes me to be blessed. That's what Mary says. It's God's mercy and grace that's worked through the ages through those who fear Him. Mary recounts from the famous Jewish telling of the barren Sarah And Abraham, we know this story, whom God declares will have a child. Her womb was closed in her old age. But if you know anything from the first two chapters of Luke, know this, God does what He says. Everybody with me? God does what He says. We'll try it again because I sprung that on you, okay? Okay, everybody with me? God does what He says. God said, Sarah and Abraham will have a child, and God acted and blessed them with Isaac. Another account from the Old Testament, and similar in song, the faithful and barren Hannah, weeping at the temple, praying to the Lord to give her a child. God told her she will have a baby, and God acted and gave her a son called Samuel. Great, great prophet. Mary sees herself in this narrative as well. She is a virgin, knowing and being with no man. God says she will carry the Son of God to full term, and God acted. Mary stood there pregnant in the entryway of Elizabeth and Zechariah's home, singing of God's faithfulness to her and throughout generations. The final verse in this section, verse 56 says, and Mary remained with Elizabeth about three months and returned to her home. Lastly, God was taking care of Mary. God cared for Mary a lot. Mary was young. Elizabeth was experienced. The pregnancy nausea for, for Elizabeth was over, but it was just beginning for Mary. God knew Mary needed Elizabeth, and Elizabeth needed Mary commentator that I read this week in my studies said it this way, these two women were to become innocent co-conspirators, soul sisters in the divine plot to save 
the lost. Through their birthing pain, their sweat and blood, and their mothering too, the world would receive its greatest blessing. Each of them were not alone. Their trials of pregnancy and birthing pains ahead of them would be done together. They prayed together. They talked birthing plans together. Baby details, they, they like nest, nested and all that stuff. They encouraged each other together. Elizabeth and Mary were better together. Who do you have? Who is your Elizabeth? Who is your Mary that you're walking alongside? We need each other, church family, for prayer, for encouragement, for the highs and the lows. We need each other. God cares deeply for each and every one of you, just as he cared for his humble servant Mary. May you and I walk humbly before our God and before others. And let us not go at it alone. Our challenge is to seek community and seek humility. So, church family, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may overflow with the hope. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your humble servant Mary who sets an example to us, the church, how to respond to a life with you. Lord, help us to walk humbly, not seeking out our own interests. Jesus, help us to also not do it alone, as is easily done, but to come alongside our brothers or our sisters. confess to be encouraged Jesus we need each other but most of all we need you thank you for Christmas thank you for sending your son be with us now as we praise you in continued celebration of what you have given us through your son We love you, Jesus. Amen.